0: That's the key to it. You follow people that have similar interests, because like you don't want to listen to me talk. You want to listen to someone who's interesting talk, right? So,
1: of course we do. That's why you're on this well, podcast,
2: Mike. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty hard sell for our audience about why having you on right the pod now. Is a great idea. You don't want to hear anything I want to say. <laughs> everybody welcome back to the human element it is 2021 welcome to the new year same as the old year we are incredibly excited to be here on Kara's podcast focused on modern marketing i am joined by two old and dear friends sarah stringer evp head of u.s media partnerships at dentsu media sarah that's a new title congratulations
1: thanks for having me back
2: We're very excited for you. And Mike Liu, VP Director of Innovation and Mobile at CARA. Hi, Mike. What's going on? That's the enthusiasm (laughs) we need to make this pod great. So we're going to talk CES. It's been a virtual CES, which for me means no Sherwood Forest Bar and a few other things. No catching a cold on the plane. But it also means that I missed the whole circus. You guys have spent the week in a virtual circus, and I want to ask you about that. First question for you, Sarah, right off the jump, if you could explain CES this year in one word, not virtual, what would it be?
1: Remote. And I say that, I mean, (laughs) do you want me to elaborate?
2: I think since that's your answer, elaboration is required.
1: I'd say because I don't know about everyone else, but I've been finding it very hard to give CES the level of attention I would normally give if I was there. And so... You know, I think in a similar fashion to, you know, it's generally an overwhelming event anyway, but being remote means you do feel that distance. You do have your day-to-day life creeping in. And I think in some ways it's very much like switch on, switch off. You're either in the headspace to receive the information or you're off doing your day-to-day work. So it feels very much more remote. You have these snippets of time that you can, you know, get involved and and feel like you're there or completely out of it. So I would say I feel the distance.
2: Feel the disconnection. Yeah. Mike.
0: I've got two, but you asked for one.
2: That's okay. We'll take two.
0: The first one was calm. That was the first kind of word that came to mind was CS is usually just crazy, nonstop, overwhelming, sensory overload. But now it's just sort of like I can pop into whatever I want to. I don't have to like rush through a, a hall and, you know, spend the five minutes that I have between meetings, grabbing like an $18 hot dog or something like that from the show floor. So that's been a lot easier this year. I think the other thing that I wanted to note down was focused. It was more focused, I think, just because usually at CES, there's so many people there. It's so easy to lose your focus and so hard to find and just kind of find one thing that you want to see. Usually also a lot of other companies we saw bow out this year because they just didn't want to spend all that money making their own booths or or even just doing sort of a virtual event in, in lieu of being there. So it kind of removed all the ones that kind of were there for obligation. So now we got to see the, the cream of the crop, really who really had those updates that they wanted to share, who really had those innovations that they wanted to kind of reveal. So that was really a good one for me.
2: Like a filtering mechanism yes. of sorts.
0: Pandemic, sort of. the great filtering mechanism.
2: <laughs> I'm sure your cholesterol thanks you for skipping the hot dog on the show, Room four. Sarah, given your answer... Even this year, does it still matter for brands? Is there stuff that we have and will take to clients that's useful for them to know? And if so, what what are those things? What are a couple
1: of those things? I surprisingly think CES is probably more important for brands this year because what we've been hearing from clients consistently over this break is that they're not necessarily getting the same level of thought leadership and inspiration as they're all siloed at home. So... This is an opportunity to see, you know, where those big consumer trends are going. I think as much as it's hard sometimes to remain, like your mindset, to remain within CES, I think this year it'll be more important than ever to say what the hell is happening because so many brands were blindsided by this year. You know, we talked about these key trends that were coming in maybe five, 10 years. And, you know, what we saw over the last, you know, nine months has been trends that were seemingly five, 10 years away uh, flipped a switch and became incredibly important in a matter of weeks. So I think CES is something that a lot more brands should be taking even more seriously, not only for inspiration's sake, but to understand that, you know, having like a medical system in your home is now going to be more prevalent than ever. Mm. Making sure that you have remote ways of working and you have the technology that should be available to you for you to be able to do all the tasks that you need to do in the office at home is now a reality. So I think this year is potentially more important than ever.
2: Mike, what's your perspective? Still important?
0: I agree. I agree with Sarah. I mean, pretty much CES this year was more so to showcase and prove out why you need innovation and why you need to be planning and preparing for innovation. Why all these things and technologies are important is because it's to prepare for certain things like the future. And when the future jumps a few years ahead of time, we saw a lot of brands really reap the benefits this year. So I think it's a great place for a lot of our clients and brands alike, just to be there, see where the puck is moving and sort of try to anticipate it. Um, it shouldn't happen again.
2: What surprised you most? What was the biggest thing that shocked you, Sarah?
1: <laughs> it still feels the same as well. <laughs> I mean, no, see, yes, the answer
2: is nothing shocked you, which was shocking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, as much as this year has been crazy, you know, there's still a whole load of, you know, bathroom tech where Alexa and Google have been incorporated, but you know, there's just more of it. You know, we still see that there are, there are key areas that seemingly a couple of years ago weren't even like factors. So smart cities, but you know, that naturally comes up because of 5G and the rollout of 5G. And I'd say it's surprising slash not surprising that you know, as much as we have seen a lot of innovation happen this year, we're still not seeing it at the pace that we probably need it to be, based on where consumer habits are going. So, surprise, but not surprise, I guess. Which is a non-answer for the question you just posed. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, but I tell you what, you worked hard for it, Mike. Anything surprising?
0: I'm actually just kind of surprised of how many more people were interested in it this year. I thought it was just sort of going to be a dud. Honestly, I thought. People just weren't going to pay attention if you couldn't be in Vegas and see all the hoopla and go to all the booths. But there's actually a lot of people super interested still. And I think the beautiful thing about a virtual event is now it scales out and you can spread it across all different parts of your organization that would not really be able to see it. And so they get to experience the different panels and look at the updates and the virtual floor tours and things like that. So I'm surprised of the energy around it is still pretty high.
2: I agree. The The virtual panel we did, which you did a fantastic job in, by the way, you know, I, I figured we'd have, I don't know, 150 people on that combination of internals and clients, right? It's virtual. It was Monday at 10 a.m. You know, it's coming out of a, an, an insane week. We had over 300 people join that. And I think that's really reflective of an interest level. So I think you're exactly right, Mike. It didn't seem to assuage interest. I just think it was, to Sarah's point, more disjointed to connect with. But I was really impressed that we had that kind of engagement. All right. What brands and companies made an impression? Mike, I'm going to start with you and then we'll
0: go. We've we've done a little reverse here. So to be quite fair, the ones I kind of like the most has been Samsung just mainly because I, I saw them first. They released a lot of their information and reveals earlier before CES started. And then they've been linking a little bit more throughout the week, which has been pretty cool. So anything, and they, Samsung just touches a ton of tech from refrigerators to house cleaning robots, screens and TVs and just everything from home and consumer goods in general, or consumer tech in general. So, you know, one of the things that we talked about during the, the 2021 trends and the whole things to look out for for this year has been meaningful evolutions of, of screens. And I think Samsung nailed that this year, understanding what people are doing and repurposing what their home actually means to them and the role of the home. And then what is the role of the screens or technology within that home? So TVs having multitasking, TVs having, you know, accessibility functions, TVs looping in health, and then on the wild side of things of Future Focus is the robotics to help clean up the dishes and pour you wine at the end of the day. Things like Wacky like that is cool.
2: Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold up.
0: There's a wine-pouring robot? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a concept robotics thing that they revealed, which is pretty cool, but it's, it's years ahead. And, you know, I, I don't know how much it would be, but I don't know if it's worth that versus just pouring yourself. But
2: All right, you, you had me at wine-pouring robot. Yeah, again, to the point, do I need one? No. Does it sound, you know, kind of Jetsony? I'm down with that, right? I'm down with that.
1: It's very um, Rosie the Robot for sure.
2: Yeah, like Rosie the Robot. <laughs> From your perspective, what brands and companies made an impression?
1: I was very proud of our client GM. They had so much great new news. And, you know, we see this time and time again now that CES is becoming kind of, you know, it's a big deal in the auto calendar now. And, you know, GM announced so many interesting things. I don't know if you've already seen they had two concept vehicles, one being a flying car, which I know we've seen versions of in previous years. But we've seen that come from Kind of like a partnership with, you know, either, you know, like an Uber and they had a a flying vehicle last year, but to see a big automaker come out with their flying vehicle interpretation, as well as obviously their autonomous vehicle, as well as just them really doing their brand relaunch, like they've just announced Mm -hmm. obviously a new logo, the fact that they have this new positioning, obviously around zero, zero, zero. And, you know, they had a lot of information with regards to their, you know, battery technology. I was really impressed with how they showed up. And also they announced their Cadillac. I'm gonna potentially say this name wrong, Cadillac uh Celestic. Celestique, which there you go, Celestic. Thanks, Mike. Celestic. Um, I like Celestique. I like Celestique when That's you say so <laughs>
0: super refined.
1: I thought it was interesting because they again, you know, CES is obviously a, a big history in screen tech, you know, and we've seen this across the board, whether it's from, you know, TVs, which is where they've historically been at, and you know, we've seen more mobile now becoming a key talking point. I think it's very interesting to see now the innovation in auto around screens. So both Cadillac and Mercedes both talked about their sort of like pillar-to-pillar screen capability now as well. So And the other thing that was interesting is that GM is actually working with the same team that built Cyberpunk, well, created some of the iconography for Cyberpunk, which for anyone who doesn't know who's listening is potentially the hottest game release that came out last year. It does have a lot of bugs, but that is not to do with the design, and everyone was very excited by it. So the fact that you're seeing these auto brands starting to spider into these other parts of popular culture, I think is really interesting. So big props and shout-out to GM. I think what they're doing is really interesting, and it definitely got them on the radar with a lot of key trade publications this year.
2: So, Mike, I want to start with you on this question because you did a, a great job sort of outlining the trends you saw coming out of this. And so while we don't have twenty minutes to do your full summary presentation, can you give us sort of the two cent tour of of the major highlights of that?
0: So there's like a couple of things that I'm I'm extremely interested in for this next year, we already talked about the evolution of screens and like how those are going to have to be used for multitasking and how screens adapt to all roles inside the home and just the roles that we have in the day-to-day life, working in remote and everything like that and interacting with people. The second one is, is live commerce, where I believe is, you know, it's been a long time coming. We've seen these signals pop up over the past couple of years in China. We saw this pop up a little bit earlier in 2020 because we can't go anywhere, right? So we're in a pandemic, we can't speak to an associate. It makes a lot of sense to have somebody show us what product we're about to buy and it's a mix of influencer slash e-commerce play. So it's just, it makes a lot of sense for it to happen now because the technology is there, the platforms are starting to get it. Facebook, Amazon, Instagram are the big social platforms that are integrating social commerce and live stream commerce. And then there's other independent ones like Network and Pop Shop Live and, and Shop Shops who are dedicated to live commerce. And what we'll probably see is that this is an opportunity for people to interact with you know, influencers or personalities that they just look up to or just sort of like, and for them to use a C2C e-commerce type of way so I can start selling whatever I want. It's sort of like Etsy as well. So I, I wouldn't even be surprised if Etsy did this too on top of that.
2: I'd argue they kind of have right. to,
0: right? Yeah, because it's yeah. all about craftsmanship. And I think having someone speak through it, you can really see the passion and what the love went into actually making some of these products on the platform. Sure. So live commerce is definitely sure. a big bet that I would love to see take off. The other one is audio. I think, again, makes so much sense for this year. Screen fatigue, everything we do is through a screen. Audio is just that next frontier for us to sort of interact with. You know, the past CES, as we've seen, Alexis put in everything, speakers all over our house. So what do you fill those pipes with? Podcasts and audio. So now the past few years have been priming us for this. And I think it's now the time for the tipping point to start to happen where people are going to start engaging and preferring not to have to be on camera all the time, prefer to not have to be staring at a screen all the time, yet they still want to interact with people and have that sense of community. And so social audio is going to be a really big thing for next year.
1: Could you explain also what Clubhouse is? Because I'm on the wait list right now. I can't get on because I'm not cool enough. So I took that as a big part of your takeaway. I was trying to do my homework. So you could explain a little bit around what does audio social mean? I would love just my own personal. Sure, yeah. so. And
0: and how is it not just a landline? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's sort of like, it's an old school party <laughs> line. You know, it's sort of, if all of us right now are we're talking as we are about this podcast, but we had 200 people listening at the same time. Yet, if somebody had a question, they could raise their hand. We can bring them up here. They could ask their question. We can push them back to the audience. So these are types of things that are scheduled and conversations about CES, conversations about the basketball game. There's probably one going on right now about the trade with James Harden, right? And there's probably a ton of people just talking about it. People in the NBA space who are experts talking about it with a bunch of people in the audience. The special thing about it, though, is when random conversations happen and the discoverability starts to happen. I've been in plenty of rooms where somebody will say, we'll title the room, is the vaccine dangerous? And it might be five of us or 10 of us talking for about an hour. And then all of a sudden, vaccine experts will come in from the government or from Moderna or from other um, pharmaceutical companies to talk about what goes into the process of making a vaccine. And then from there, you know, 500 or 5,000 people will jump in but you're sort of having this crazy conversation with experts that you would not even known about. On the other side of things, just the random conversations I've been in, you know, one of my favorite ones to talk about is I would join a room called Is Kevin Hart Still Funny? And it's basically because he dropped his his special on Netflix and it kind of tanked. I didn't I didn't like it. But everybody was talking about how he used to be on a roll and he was doing really well. But then he kind of fell off his last few specials. I hopped out after about 30 minutes and then my friend texted me. He's like, yo, jump back in hop back in, Kevin Hart came into the room and was just pretty much defending himself the whole time. And then he just got (laughs) beaten by people because they were were criticizing his jokes. And, you know, and then Tiffany Haddish came in to his defense and then Isaac Hayes, you know, the third came in to talk about it and then Meek Mill came in. And so it's just sort of, where else can you have this serendipitous moment where all these different people are coming in and having conversations about really interesting topics?
2: I got to tell you, it sounds like the world's craziest talk radio station. It is.
1: Mm.
0: People compare but, okay. it to like Zoom mixed with Reddit.
2: Zoom mixed with Reddit. Um, yeah, I'm sure nothing will go wrong in there.
1: That sounds like hell, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ooh, baby. So, Sarah, tell me, what sort of, from your perspective, the most important
1: focus area for media coming out of CES? There's something to be said for, and it feels a bit meta because working from home has become such a huge reality. So I think brands need to think about how they really work with people within this, you know, now very sheltered environment and how you connect with people and understand the mindset of people is very different from how it used to be. And I think not only do we as a business need to think about how that affects the people that we work with and how to get the best out of them and, you know, how we can be more empathetic in an environment where we're meeting less less people and how we digitize that. But I also think that brands need to think about that. I felt like a big trend coming out of this year, unsurprisingly, was the fact that remote working is not going away. The fact that the digitization of everything has accelerated at such an extensive rate. And I think just this sense of this is, I I don't want to say the word new normal, but this is something that we now need to think about in our everyday, not only as marketers, but just as human beings as well, like how we interact with each other, how we Incorporate ourselves into their entertainment experience, their working experience. How do we service them in a an environment where they may not be discovering us on the shelf? They will be discovering us through a digital interface. So, I think one of the big areas for me that I thought was interesting was kind of this self reflective focus and trend come out from remote working and what the future of that will look like and the difference that will make in terms of our mindset and the services that we use and. I guess, the acceleration of those services now we've got used to them.
2: Last question here, and then we'll do a quick lightning round. What worries you most about the business for 21?
1: Security and privacy, I think, is a big thing. Like we, mm. we keep adding more and more connected devices, more and more things that can speak to you, talk to you, listen to you, collect more data around you. And I think as much as we're racing to this hardware in your household and you don't really know it's there, but it is there. I don't know if we've caught up with the level of privacy services and level of trust that needs to be delivered to make those services responsible to be entering into the household. And I say this because we're in an environment now where there's a lot of questions around WhatsApp and the integration of WhatsApp into the Facebook ecosystem and how much information is being shared with Facebook as a group into private and apparently end-to-end encrypted services. And even if you look at a couple of weeks ago, Elon Musk messaging around Signal and saying Signal's great and you should be looking at it because it's a open source project that has got privacy at it's, you know, first and foremost, I think we should be thinking about that. And the thing that worries me is around, you know, as we look at some of these key trends and inviting more things into our home as part of CES and, and more things that will be available to consumers... How do we ensure that we are being responsible about the data that's being collected and ensuring that we have customer safety at the heart of everything that we do? Because I think, you know, over the last year in particular, we've seen, you know, more and more interference, more and more misinformation being delivered through digital avenues. And I think that more and more personal information is just out there. And we need to start ensuring that privacy is the first and foremost of, of what we're doing as we invite these things into our household.
0: Mike? I think what I'm worried about is just our dependence on just a few platforms who are the gateholders to so many things. I think the statistic is still true of, you know, what 80% of all the media dollars are going through Google and Facebook, right? And so just recent events, certain social and Content and just technology platforms in general, having so much control over what people can and can't say, regardless if it's for the better of society, I think that just kind of makes us pause and question on these three platforms or four platforms could wipe away certain things and really shift public opinion or remove things from our everyday lives. I don't know if that's appropriate for this podcast. But I, I'm just kind of worried about like, yes, what they did, I'm all for it. I love what they did. But is this set precedent to now, later on, whatever they don't believe as a private company or you know themselves mm-hmm. is right, then do they hold the power to sh- strike it from history? And so regardless if yeah. it's the right thing to do right now, I, I just worry about all the power that we give to just a handful of partners. Sure.
2: Yeah, look, I think it's a massive, massive, massive issue and it cuts every single way. And what I mean by that is taking action at the time of their choosing, you could make a huge argument far, far, far too late. And that's one element. And then the other element is what is the frame around which we are making these decisions? Exactly. What is the frame? And who actually is making them? And it leads you to a lot of questions. It leads you to a lot of questions about the board constructs and how much you know the the balance of corporate governance is appropriately structured in some of these organizations. So there's a lot to worry about. And I think the other thing, as it relates to our industry, is regulations coming, folks. And it's not simply because of the change of administration. It is one. That we've talked about it on this program before. It is one of the few bipartisan issues on the Hill is regulation of social media. They come at it from different sides, but the outcome is similar. So it'll be interesting to see how 230 gets modified and or obliterated. There's a lot coming, a lot coming. And on one side, we're going to ask the world to participate in new platforms because of the power and the opportunity and the same reasons why we were excited about these other platforms 20 years ago. But at the same time we're doing that, we really haven't had the reckoning around elements of regulation and governance model of the, you know, depending on your scoring system, first generation, second generation, whatever they represent. That's interesting. We're going to be building the new and regulating the existing at the same time. And that's a, that's a lot to manage. So awesome. Well, I'm glad we got to the soapbox portion of the, of the podcast. Are you ready for the lightning round? It's CES relevant. Is that okay? Sure. Most interesting fact you learned this week
0: from CES. The fact that I was surprised often just doing my research is that there's $60 billion worth of commerce globally that is done by live commerce, and U.S. only accounts for $1 of it. So that's such a small sliver uh, that we can gap up and have a lot of opportunity.
2: Which is why I think your live commerce bit from your trends report is is the biggest thing. Aww. I agree.
0: The only gating factor
2: is we don't get there yet, but sooner or later, it will be a massive, massive thing. I agree with that in this country, in the United States. Most interesting person or company that you met with this week?
0: Yeah. So one of the most interesting companies that we met with was a meeting we just got out of with GM uh, for one of our startup sessions, which was Portal. So thank you, Strings, for putting us on portal last year, which they do little Holograms and teleportation boxes where they've got these boxes that are about seven feet tall and they've made these little ones that are about two feet tall where you can actually port in live or pre-recorded holograms into them. So you can actually have somebody, you know, across the world speak to somebody where it's sort of like this whole depth and three-dimensional being inside this this box. And it's kind of cool. It has a camera on the other side, a microphone and a speaker so you can really, truly, you know, communicate with somebody in real time across the world in this really kind of physical slash realistic way. So I thought that was interesting. Blew my mind.
2: That is interesting. Strings, person or company you met this week that you were interested in?
1: I haven't met with anyone for CES specifically this week. I've been researching people, but I don't have a I don't have a meeting. I kept off the radar.
2: You're just like, the hell with it. I've had it. I've done yeah. it for years. And I'm done with these people.
1: Well, I mean, I would say... I feel very lucky that we meet with a lot of interesting people all the time. So, I think to the fact that Mike's talking about that we've set up some really great meetings with partners for clients, it's because we are lucky enough to get to meet them throughout the year. So, I would say Portal has been like a great partner. We met them during a new business process. Same reason why I really like a motion capture gaming company called Wave who I really love as well. And I think they're going to be big things. And, you know, it'd be remiss of me just not to talk about all of the gaming technology we've met over the last six months, which I think is really exciting. So as much as I would have potentially met them during CES, I've been meeting them during what was a very remote year.
2: (laughs) Fair enough. Last question real quick. Weirdest thing you saw on the virtual show floor, Mike?
0: Man, last year was the Alexa toilet. That was $7,000. I think that still takes the cake. It came back. But there's also a seventeen thousand dollar tub, Kohler slash Alexa enabled tub that's seventeen thousand dollars. Yeah. For seventeen grand. So and for the every, every the you know, every person. We all deserve a little soap. Sure,
2: absolutely. And how does that work, Alexa? Pour the Alexa, water.
0: Turn on the jets. <laughs> okay.
1: Doesn't it have like an infinity situation yeah. to it as well? So apparently you fill the tub right up to the top, and then allow it to spill over. And then the water cycles through, gets reheated, and then readded added to the tub. Yeah,
0: it's got that. Can I talk about one of the coolest things I saw, though? That was also a practical innovation. One of the coolest things was, I think it was an LG glasses that have augmented reality screens. So instead of multitasking, you just wear these glasses, and they're kind of... You look up from your laptop, and you'll see three virtual screens that communicate to your laptop so you don't actually need more screens you just wear these glasses and through ar you can see them through these lenses and so i thought that was just such a smart and practical way to use the technology that's super useful for remote workers
2: so practical application manchester united champions league i can have that you online i on a call looking up
0: seeing the screen anchored in this general vicinity yeah okay yeah. done you're good
2: i'm in i'm in sarah weirdest stuff you saw or coolest thing
1: Weirdest thing, again, not to remain on the toilet vibe, but Toto, which is a Japanese company, is a toilet technology that will analyze your poo and then give you recipe recommendations on the things that you are deficient in. So I feel like it's Mm, weird. You probably, as a food company, I don't know if you want to align yourself with a toilet ecosystem, but it will analyze your poo to make sure that you are at optimum health. The thing that's Mildly concerning around that is, of course, that apparently... Everything is is mildly concerning? Apart from from all of it, of course, is um, the idea that employers could then install it and do random drug tests on employees, which is obviously feels like a massive infringement on people. And they say it as like an ongoing trend as part of how they've been monitoring COVID amongst Apparently, you know, I guess gray water slash sewage water in different yep. territories. They will look at the trends around that. So they're also saying that it could then, for future potential pandemics, be a helpful data set for that. Which is just troubling all over.
2: We've been doing this pod for two years now, and without a doubt, that's the high watermark. Pardon the pun. That that is really um, that's that's a remarkable one, Sarah. Thank you.
1: You're very welcome. But there are some interesting, I mean, health tech is huge and will, I think, remain to be huge. And, you know, given the current, the new administration coming in, I do think that we are in a position potentially to see, finally, the nationwide legalization of cannabis. We've seen a lot of, like, cannabis chatter and so forth as we've seen trends in South by Southwest. It's now its own learning agenda. But I thought it was interesting to see a technology now that helps you map the amount of the biggest issue, obviously, around I think a lot of cannabis intake has been people not knowing exactly what strains they have, the strength of it, how much they should be taking, how you manage it for pain management or anxiety, all that kind of stuff. And now you're finding that with more companies now focused on this, they have now built a technology that has a a catalogue of different cartridges that you can potentially add to this essentially connected device. And then from that, it will be able to tell you exactly how much you are taking and track that to help then with your ongoing pain management and cannabis usage. So I think it's interesting to start to see some of these, what were sort of like fringe trends now become a little bit more That's cool. every day. That's cool.
2: Can the $3,500 Alexa-enabled bong be far behind?
0: Well, oh, can I also mention, there's another thing that, that kind of goes into what Strings was talking about, <laughs> about the gaming technology, but the TAC Suit, I think X401 came out, won CES 2021 Innovation Award, but basically it's just vest that you wear. And it's a haptic suit where anything that happens in the virtual world can actually like make you feel it in real life. So really interesting of where that's going and how this more gaming tech is starting to blend between people wanting to actually feel like they're in the game outside of just the screen themselves. And so, you know, obviously you'll have VR and things like that, but having wearing something that's physical where you can feel what's happening in the game on your physical body is is definitely a step.
2: Yeah, because yeah. the thing we need more of in this world is more people detached from the actual it's, real it's world. happening rather than is definitely is not too. too yeah, far if we could just if we could just get more of that, we could solve everything.
1: I think if we could honestly say most interesting and growing trend that feels like it's it's kind of been touched upon a little bit in CES, but I feel like there has been a quantum leap is the focus on gaming and gaming technology, gaming laptops specifically. The even TV integrations now with um, Stadia and how the the onset of five G is going to cause that entire area to blow up. Gaming is the big thing to watch. It's going to continue to be a mega trend at CES, and it's only going to yeah, get bigger. Especially
0: with autonomous vehicles, and once those get underway, everything that you're going to be doing inside of a car will be watching a video or gaming. And Pooh, I mean, there's that. That's another one that you're talking about. It's like really big for years to come. Right. Of course.
2: I, there's, I got nothing I got nothing to add. I am for once speechless, except I must say this. It is lovely to see you both. I miss you both tremendously. Uh, it has been, I don't know, 11 plus months since I've seen you in real life. And I wish you both the best. We'll have you back on real soon. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you so much right. for having us. Two of my absolute favorites, you two. All right. Well, you have made it through another episode of The Human Element. I'm just going to say this. You know, we've tried really hard on this show to be as authentic and honest and connected to what's happening both in the country and the world as we possibly could. It's something that we've, since we did our first two-minute summary episode, Jace, you remember that, where we described what we were going to try to do here that we tried to stick to. I couldn't let last week pass without a comment, and uh, I don't want to take us down a crazy path. But what happened last week in the United States is wholly and completely unacceptable, And it is heartbreaking in the extreme. So my most fervent hope, and I think anyone with a rational approach, it should be stated, should hope this too. And that is that we can find pathways to become more empathetic and more connected to each other in this country. Wherever we are right now is just an unacceptable sewer of darkness. And uh, we've all got to do our part to see how we get through that. So... I only say that because we said we'd be honest from the jump, and I need to say that. So remember, you can find us anywhere you find your pods. Please smash that subscription button. Give us a like. Give us a review. We got a lot of five-star reviews on uh, Apple there, my friend, don't we? I think we're rated an average of five stars. Now, that's not on a high base, but it's a high rating, right? Yeah, yeah, I love that. In the meantime, please remember, be well, be just. We'll be back out to you next week. Bye-bye.